Well, we're going to go into today's scripture reading for today, which comes from Jeremiah chapter 29, and we're going to read verses 10 through 14. Um, we're going to read this in the ESV, um, and there are uh, Bibles under your, your chairs for those who are joining us in person. And if you are joining us... Hello? Hello? All right, sorry about that. Um, but yeah, for those who are joining us um, online, uh, we will project the scripture, uh, but uh, it, it may be kind of hard to read depending on the size of your screen, so you might want to look that up. So again, that's Jeremiah chapter 29 verses 10 through 14. And uh, once you've found the scripture, once you're ready to read the scripture, if you could please stand as able for those who are here in person. And if you're comfortable with doing this at home, I know that might seem weird, but <laughs> feel free to join us as well if you'd like to. Um, may the Lord bless the reading of God's word for us. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your hearts. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Friends, we have been talking about how to seek the kingdom, how to do that practically in our lives. And last week we mentioned that there, there are kind of like three levels of kingdom building um, they're pretty broad, and so, I mean, definitely, there's so much you can talk about there. And we've been talking about these kind of personal uh, uh, components and, you know, how to kind of live in the kingdom uh, uh, in terms of just knowing that God is with you and that he reigns um, and be able to live in that kind of reality where you know that is true. Um, and we've been talking about how to do that in community. We talked about that last week. And today, we're going to talk about this kind of third component. Well, actually, this is kind of part one. Uh, kingdom Purpose Part 1, and we're going to um, be talking the next few weeks about how we do this, because there's a lot to talk about there. <laughs> you know, what is God's purposes for the world, and how can we be part of that? And friends, I know it is something that comes up so much. It is one of the big questions of life, that we want to know, hey, you know, what is the meaning of life? What should be my life's purpose? What should I be living for? And friends, I, I know that for many of us, sometimes we feel lost, you know, trying to figure that out. And, and when you feel lost, when you don't feel like you have a purpose, man, we can just get so restless, right? And maybe there's some of you, you know, sometimes we're just like, I, I just don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing here. And um, there's a writer, uh, Viktor Frankl, who's an Austrian psychiatrist who uh, was interned in a, a concentration camp uh, during World War II. And um, he has this wonderful book uh, about um, uh, man's search for meaning. And w one of the things that, that he really saw was that what humans need is meaning. And, and the, the quest for meaning is what makes our lives kind of worth living. And so um, this is a quote from Viktor Frankl. Life is not primarily a quest for pleasure, as Freud believed, or a quest for power, as Al Alfred Adler taught, but a quest for meaning. And this is one of the things that he found is that um, Viktor Frankl, even though there were just terrible atrocities that were happening, I mean, there was 
yeah, you know, a lot of the prisoners were being tortured and I mean, you know, even just like psychological, physical torture, just the worst kind of stuff. You can imagine this, this fear of death that's just always hanging over you. I mean, I couldn't possibly imagine that. And Viktor Frankl would talk about just this kind of joy and peace that he found. And, and he would teach that to the other uh, uh, people there uh, who, who are interned at this camp. And, y- you know, he would just talk to them about trying to find their meaning. And, and, and finding that meaning w- was, was uh, essential. He, he would talk about that, that there's a lot of people who were able to survive through these horrific things because they were able to find meaning. And so, friends, it is an important thing, right? I think a lot of us, we want to know what is our purpose and what should be our purpose. And friends, you know, maybe some of you, you've already started to kind of like figure that out, and that's great. You know, I'm not here to to try to tell you like, you know, that you need to drop that per se, but I want to suggest that perhaps our lives work, work best if we can find the purposes of God for us, right? You know, and this idea of we've been talking about the kingdom of God, and it, it really starts with this premise that God is king, right? God is king of the universe, and that life works best when, you know, the, the world is as God desires it to be, and it is what we pray uh, in the Lord's Prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? We want to bring uh, God's will down here, right? And so trying to line up our lives with God's will, you know, perhaps we can figure out how to do that. And so uh, this Jeremiah 29 passage that we read, it is a very, very famous scripture. Um, I know a lot of people, they, they really love this because, you know, you want to know that God has plans for you. Oh, man, God has plans for me? Like, word, that's so good. You know, it, it just feels so good to know that God has a plan for you, you know. Um, but friends, I just did want to acknowledge the context of it. You know, and, and so sometimes when we kind of pull back on Scripture, there's a lot of richness there. But I, I have to warn you that as, as we kind of wade through, you know, it, it's real life. You know, God's plans for you. This isn't just like, you know, something that just sounds good on an Instagram post, you know, or sounds good on a bookmark, you know. This is meant for real life, where real life, there's real struggles and real pain and real disappointment and, and just real fallenness and, and all of these things, Right. Uh, that we face in life. And so I I wanted to show you the context. Uh, So Jeremiah 29, verse 1. These are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders of the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into uh, exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. And so this is the context of this whole passage is what was called the Babylonian exile. And it was this period uh, in Israel's history where their kingdoms were destroyed. There was the northern kingdom and then the southern kingdom called Judah, and they were both basically destroyed. And the remaining people were taken uh, to Babylon, and they were taken captive. It's called the Babylonian captivity, but they weren't like slaves. They were able to kind of live in the Babylonian society, but it was not their home. It wasn't ideal. And so, you know, while it could have been worse in some ways, I mean, it wasn't like the the time in Egypt, uh, but still, I mean, this is not what people wanted, right? And a lot of people longed for home. And friends, I wonder if you can uh, uh, relate to that. Do you ever feel like you are in exile? You're in a period of life where, oh, okay, maybe it's not like the most terrible thing, you know? You're not like literally enslaved, 
you know, but it's not ideal. You, you feel like you're in this waiting pattern. And I wonder if you feel like, okay, I, I just feel like God's purposes aren't here. It's going to be later. And, and I, I feel like in many ways Ann Arbor is that place for a lot of people. <laughs> I don't mean that in a bad place. I think it's a very pleasant place to exile. You know, it's a great community. But it's a, ti- it's a place where there are many people who, you know, are only going to be here for a few years. You know, I, I've lived in Ann Arbor for now it's been close to 19 years. You know, this is my home. You know, and maybe it is for some of you, but for some of you, you just don't know how long you're going to be here. Maybe some of you, you actually started that way. You know, you're like, yeah, I'm just going to be here for a few years, and then before you know it, 20 years have passed. You know, (laughs) that can happen too. But maybe you're in a place, it's not necessarily just a physical place, but a place in your life where you're like, okay, I feel like I'm just waiting for something else to happen. This can't be it. There's got to be more right? And you're a little uncomfortable. You long for something. You long for a home, in a sense, a place where you can truly feel like you are yourself, where you truly feel like you are your best self, where God's purposes will really start to take hold in your life. And you kind of feel like this ain't it. And I think that there were a lot of people who were experiencing that during this time. And so what's interesting is you're going to see from this letter of Jeremiah, who's a prophet of God, who gets this word from God, he's going to say something kind of interesting. He says, for thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets and your diviners who are among you deceive you. And do not listen to the dreams that they dream, for it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, declares the Lord. There is an implication here that maybe there were some people who were kind of taking advantage of what people wanted to hear. And maybe some of these prophets were coming to them and saying like, you know what, don't worry, this this isn't going to last. You know, God's will for us is, you know, next year, next week. You know, very, very soon, we're all going to get to go home, right? You know, this shouldn't be where we are, right? And Jeremiah's like, don't listen to them. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That ain't it. And maybe, you know, that's what we want to hear. And friends, I got to say, you know, as we go through life as Christ followers living in God's kingdom, I mean, I think we will get better and better at discerning God's will for us, you know? Um, but I think for some of us, we do have to kind of acknowledge this reality. Maybe God's will for you is very good, but it is also not personally what you want at this moment. Can both of these, those things be true? I know sometimes in life we like things to be very black and white, very like, you know, plus minus, one or zero kind of thing, but that's not life, right? Sometimes things can be both and. It can be God's purposes for you are really good, but it's not personally what you want. And there's also another and. Can I add another finger? I don't know, in there somewhere. It's also like, like genuinely hard, right? Genuinely difficult where you are right now. And that can still be God's purposes for you, right? And, and so, you know, maybe there's some people who are like, no, 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 that can't be what God wants. And Jeremiah's, Jeremiah's like, no, I'm really sorry. And, and this is what he says. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. Okay, 70 years, guys. 70 years. 70 years. Seven zero. Seven decades. Right? That's probably not what the people of Israel wanted to hear. 
And maybe they're just thinking, why? God, why? Why would you make us wait? This just doesn't seem fair. We want to go home, right? We don't want to be in this foreign place, right? Why? Why would you do this? You're a loving God. Why wouldn't you want this for us? But this is the thing, friends. In the next breath, this is where that amazing verse, as like so many people's life's verse, and it appears on those bookmarks and, uh, uh, the, and, and the, the Instagram posts. And, you know, this is where it appears. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. You see that both in. It's not what you want. You are going to be in this exile for a while. But my plans for you are good. Can you trust that? Can you trust that I'm doing it for your good? Right? The word welfare in, in uh, Hebrew uh, is actually shalom, right? Which is most commonly translated as peace. But there is a sense of overall welfare and well-being that goes into shalom, right? And it's something that we talk about sometimes because it's kind of hard to translate it into, um, uh, uh, into Greek. Um, and so sometimes they use the word righteousness. And I think that the word righteousness sort of gets robbed of its meaning when we don't understand shalom. Because there is this sense in which righteousness, it's about rightness, the way things are supposed to be right? I have plans so your life will be right, good, right? You will have peace, but there is this overall welfare. Do you ever feel that? Do you ever feel in your life where you're just like, you know what? It's good. It's good. It's profoundly good, even when sometimes the things around me are not good. Even time, sometimes there's heartache and heartbreak, right? Some of you guys know the story of it is well with my soul. You know, this person who, um, his, his family uh, ended up dying, you know, in, in this uh, shipwreck. And he was, uh, uh, he was on a ship himself, you know, on the way to, um, you know, figure out things. And, you know, he, he wrote this beautiful hymn, right, saying, it is well with my soul, right? When, when the sea billows roll, when sorrows like sea billows roll, right? I mean, he's like, yeah, that's the way the world is sometimes, right? We just feel like we're surrounded by sorrow, right? It's rolling over you, but it is well with my soul. How can somebody possibly say that? They experience that shalom within them. That, friends, is what we call the reality of the kingdom of God, right? It, it is this reality. God is reigning in your life. It's not always going to be completely visible, intangible, but you know that. You know it like the air that you breathe. You know what? It is going to be okay in a profoundly cosmic sense. It is all going to be okay. It is well because God is king. And we can say that in the face of even just incredible heartache and heartbreak. And so, friends, we, we see that. You know, I know the plans I have for you. They're good. Plans for shalom and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. Friends, how do we find our kingdom purpose? You know, uh, maybe for some of us, um, we, we, we really are struggling with that right now. I, I know I, I talk to a lot of folks who 
um, we have a large number of people who are, you know, in college and, you know, maybe uh, looking at the future and just trying to figure out what's next, you know, and and, and I I think a lot of us are wondering that. And I got to tell you, you know, I'm 45 years old and I wonder that too sometimes, you know, I, I know a lot of people my age who are still trying to figure it out. You know, in day-to-day, sometimes, man, you know, like, like we just kind of like we're doing this life thing, and before you know it, you're like, I, 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 you know, I do these things, and, and it, it's not all bad, but sometimes I, I don't really know what my purpose is. And so, friends, uh, I, I just want to give just a, a few, like, like, very basic things. And I have to warn you, they're going to sound so basic that your mind is going to want to dismiss them, okay? And I just want to just, just stick with me, okay? If you feel your mind just... Like, yeah, okay, I think I know where this is going. You know, just stick with me because I think there are some things here um, for us that we can really dig into God's purposes. We can really try to align our lives with God's purposes. So the first thing is being honest. If you don't completely trust that God's purposes for you are for your good, just be honest about that. Okay, so this is uh, what is what we're trying to do. Okay, so God is good and God reigns and for you to live in God's kingdom as one of his children and citizens of this kingdom. We want to live according to his purposes, right? These things need to be aligned, right? So God is doing something. We don't always know what that is, but we are continually trying to align ourselves with that. And so friends, it is very, very difficult to do that. I would say I mean, you know, anything's possible, but I would say like near impossible if you don't completely trust that you even want those purposes in the first place. So don't say that you want it if you don't, right? I know sometimes we talk this way in church. We say these things. We're like, yeah, God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. Yeah, God's got good plans. Yeah, yeah. I want those plans. Sorry, I walked away from the mic for those. (laughs) I got excited. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, you know, sometimes we're just like, I know that God has good things for me, and we just say it. But if we're being really honest, right? It's like, right now, right now, God's going to tell you what to do. You want it? Do you want it? Do you want it? And you're like, "Mm, but I got plans today. (laughs) I wanted to do something today. No, I don't want that. If we're being really honest, maybe some of us, we're we're, kind of like this. Right? God has a purpose for you, and we got our own purposes. We got our own thing going on. And getting to the place where we can say, okay, God, I'm ready now. Give it to me. And then there's this, this like, kind of sync up, right? It's, it's, it's like a beautiful thing. I don't know if you guys have ever tried to connect, like, two cables together, and you just kind of keep missing them, and it's just like, ah, ah. Do you ever do that in the dark? I'm always, like, trying to connect my charger in the dark, and I don't know what it is with Apple, but this tiny little hole, like, it's just, I'm just like, man, I'm scratching up my phone. You know, I can't find that thing. And, but when you do find it, like, I usually give up and just turn on the light or something. But usually I go to bed later than my wife, so I have to do it in the dark. And, I'm, you know, I'm just trying for a while. I'm like, this is taking ridiculously long. And then all of a sudden, it just click. You know, you know you got it. You know you got it because you just feel that click. And I think that's what we want in life. We want it to click. Right? God's got a purpose for you, and it is right. And I'm not saying it's always going to feel wonderful and happy, happy, happy all the time, but I do think there will be a sense of rightness, a sense of satisfaction, a sense of joy. Right? What does it talk about in Scripture? The food of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All of these things flowing into your life when we sync up with God's purposes, when the Holy Spirit is now leading you 
right? Your will, your spirit, your heart is saying, okay, God, I want your will to be done. And you sync up and it's just like, and it's so good and it's so right. And that's what we want. So just be honest, friends. If it isn't what you want, you know, God still loves you, right? He is still very patient with you, I believe, right? And and, and I think that, you know, it, it is one of the first steps, you know, instead of this false Christian niceness for those of us who have grown up in the church where we're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm supposed to say amen to that. But we are these divided people, right? You ever notice that Jesus is the harshest against people who pretend to be religious, right? The, the Pharisees, I mean, you know, part of them, they, they, they are doing religious things, right? They definitely are. But he's like, I know your heart, I know what's on the inside. You can't fool me, right, in some ways. And, and God wants people whose hearts are completely just, you know, this is what I want, right? So if you don't want it, just be honest with that, right? And so, friends, you know, uh, this is what it says uh, in James chapter 1. Uh, don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. And one of the things that we have to realize is that God's purposes for your life are truly good. And friends, it is one of the paradoxes in life, right? At least from my perspective, okay? I can't say that God has just been moving everything around on a chess piece, and he designed everything in your life to happen exactly as it is, right? From my perspective here on this earth, it looks like we have choices, Sometimes we make bad choices. Sometimes people around you make bad choices, right? And and friends, I think God in his love for us gives us the freedom to do that. And so I don't want to put it all on God, but I do think that there's, it's a paradox, right? It's going to break your brain. It's been breaking people's brains for centuries. This idea, did I choose it or did God will it? You know, and I think you can say yes to both. Right? In a weird way that we can't understand because God is just so far above, uh, above us. Where we can say, you know what? We are making choices. Sometimes I choose wrongly, but it does not thwart the ultimate purposes of God. I can still say, God, you are in control, ultimately. And I can say what it says in James, right? That these things are gifts from above and it's good. Sometimes, man, the stuff you are getting is hard to say it's good. I just want to acknowledge that. So don't fake it if you don't believe it's good. Bring that before God in prayer. He can handle it. If you don't believe God can handle it, read the Psalms. Mm, just like they're so raw. There's so many people who are like, God, how long? God, how can, like, like I'm being broken. I mean, it just feels like every bone in my body is being broken, right? And, and you can bring these things before God. You can bring your pain. You can bring your questions you can bring your, your, your uncertainty. Ah, oh, man, I want to believe, God, that you are good and your purposes are good, but I'm struggling. Just be honest, friends. And I will say, you know, but still don't settle for an inferior life purpose. Friends, don't settle. Because I do believe that God wants something greater for you. And so we want to seek that which lasts and truly satisfies. We do want to get to a place where we find that, that, that sync up right? And I would say, keep looking until you find it. I'm going to say something that probably pastors aren't supposed to say, (laughs) but I I just think it's one of these things where like, man, if it is true, it's true. If God is good, God is good. If God is real, God is real. 
If you can find that purpose somewhere else, I say go for it. I know that sounds crazy. <laughs> not supposed to say that, maybe. <laughs> but friends, I just believe that what God has for you is the best. You know, it's just one of these things. So like, you ever get like a really confident salesperson, like not somebody who is like, you know, uh, just like trying to convince you that something is good when it's like garbage, you know? But they're like, hey, go ahead, try the competitors. Go ahead and try them. Because I know that our product is the best, you know? I know that you're not going to be satisfied with that. And when theirs breaks <laughs> or when it doesn't do what ours does, you can come back, right? I'm not anxious about it at all. And friends, I would just say, you know, if you are, as we all are, we're all in this life and we're surrounded by all these other messages. You know, people are trying to tell you, okay, you're going to find purpose here. You're going to find purpose there. And friends, I would just say, like, if you try that, just keep your eyes open. Just be honest. Is it giving you what you think was being promised? Are you really finding that sync up where you're like, yeah, this is right and this is good, you know? Because, friends, I think that this is what we can find in the kingdom of God and the kingdom purposes. There's something greater that God is desiring to do, right? And they are good plans for you, but they're also good plans for all of us, right? And so, friends, you know, I, I will just say this. I, I found this quote, and I, I was struggling whether or not I should include this because, number one, I'm not 100% sure Emily Dickinson said this um, just last night. I, you guys ever find these quotes on the internet and you're like, did they really say that? I don't know. So I would just say attributed to <laughs> Emily Dickinson, you know. But I, I, I was like, oh, man, I, like, this was breaking my brain when I read this quote. The heart wants what it wants or else it does not care. Oh, what does that mean? The heart wants what it wants or else it does not care. It, it's kind of deep. I'll give you guys a second because I needed a second. I'm like, oh, we're like, because... Listen, I think there are a lot of people in the church who are trying to get you to care about God and God's purposes, but you don't really want it. And there are people in the church all the time, we're bored, and, and we're, we're talking about all these things that should light us up, and they're not, because you don't really want it, right? And so I'm not saying that to shame you in any way. It is just a, like kind of heart check, honesty, the heart wants what it wants. And friends, I got to tell you, the heart wants what it wants, but our hearts really are terrible at predicting what is going to truly satisfy you, right? You ever want something really bad and you get it and then you're like, oh, that was so disappointing. It happens all the time, right? And so the heart wants what it wants, right? And you just got to be honest about that. But what we are trying to do is we're trying to sync up our heart, our wills, our desires, with the things that God wants for you, the things that are best, right? Not second place, third place, not these inferior purposes, but the right purposes. And we want to want that. And when we want that, and when we seek it, we're going to find it. Look what it says here in, in verse 12 and 13. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with what? With all your heart. With all your heart, not part of your heart, all your heart. You got to sync it up. You got to find it. You got to believe that God's purposes for you are truly good. And friends, that's part of what we're doing as disciples. We're not perfect at it. I'm not telling you to want something that you don't want because your heart's not going to care if you don't want it. 
But if you have a sense in what you're like, you know what? There's enough here, and I've experienced enough of God and his purposes that I want to know more. I want to behold more. I want to know how good it can truly be. And that is part of the reason why we read scripture. We're not reading scripture to impress God, to get God to be like, oh, well, you read, you know, 30 verses today, so of course I'm going to bless you. It's not about that, friends. It is so you can understand God's heart, and you can understand his purposes, and you can behold his kingdom. And when you can see a vision of that, I mean, it's like when you see a vision of something really good, right? Can you imagine that there's like, I don't know, um, like the world's most delicious cheeseburger. I don't know, guys. We've been talking about food today. This food's on my mind, right? Can you just imagine like this cheeseburger that like, okay, imagine that I'm just like, hey, um, on this menu it says cheeseburger. Like, oh, okay, cool. Do you want it? Maybe. I don't know. What kind of cheeseburger, you know? But imagine that we're able to paint a picture or show you a picture of that cheeseburger, right? Double all-beef patties. Angus, are we doing this right now, guys? I don't know. I, th- I feel like I'm too far in, you know? And it's like, like kind of like, it's got th- that little bit of char on it. Well, it's not like burnt, you know? But just a tiny bit of crispiness that seals the juices in. You ever press down on that burger and the juices just start dripping out? Guys, what did we just do here? What did we just do here? <laughs> we gave you a vision, right? We gave you a vision. And maybe some of you are like, well, Pastor Steve, I don't like burgers. Just imagine it's whatever. Like, can you imagine the best carrot? Possible? I don't know. I don't, I don't know what does it for you. I don't know what it is. But it just, you see it in your mind's eye. You're like, I want that. I want that, right? That's what we're doing. That's what we do in worship, right? That's what we do when someone is giving a witness or a testimony. They're not doing it like, oh, yeah, God saved me when I was 12 years old, and it was good. And it's not just, we're, we're not just doing this to do it, right? It's supposed to be like, you know what? God has been so good. Let me tell you how. And the rest of us, were like, our faith is a little bit built up. Our vision becomes a little more clear, where we're like, yeah, this is good. You know, following God is good. God's purposes are good. God is good. And you start to believe it more and more and more, and you want it more and more and more, and you seek God's purposes with all your heart. You're like, this is it. Let's do it, right? And that's what we need to learn to do, right? Third thing is align your life's purposes to be one of love and blessing right here, right now. Don't wait, okay? So friends, this is the thing that is is so interesting about this passage is that The people of Israel, a lot of them were in a holding pattern. They're like, this isn't it. God, this can't be your purposes for us because this isn't what we want. And Jeremiah, right, inspired by God, is saying, no, this is God's purposes for you. Right here, right now, because God is with you. Right? This is the reality of the kingdom of God. God is always with you. He's reigning now, here. His kingdom is at hand. Of course, it's not fully realized, but that kingdom is breaking in right? And so we want to align ourselves, right? We've been talking about that. God's purpose, our purpose, line them up, and that purpose is going to be one of love and blessing. How can you love and bless people right now? Why is that a purpose of God? (laughs) Why is God's purpose is one of love and blessing? Because that's who God is. Doesn't God love and bless you? Don't you see that throughout scripture? Don't you see that through Jesus? 
right? So does it surprise you then that when you are synced up with God, you are in union with God, you're living under the reign of God, and God is all about love and blessing, love and blessing, love and blessing, love and blessing. Like, what is my purpose? What is my purpose? What is my purpose? And he's like, I've been telling you, love and blessing, love and blessing, love and blessing, love and blessing. Are you surprised? Why are we so surprised? Right? So if we want to live in that purpose, God is loving and blessing us. And he's like, okay, go and do it. Go and love and bless people. And so check out what it says, right? So this is the part that, that, that I, I wanted to show you here so you understood what God was saying. Before he talks about, yo, you're going to be here for seven years. This is what God says. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them. Amen. Hallelujah. Did you think it could be that simple? Just plant roots. Stay here a while, okay? Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, that they may bear sons and daughters, multiply there, and do not decrease. But seek the welfare, and we already told you the word welfare here is shalom. Seek the shalom of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, in its shalom, you will find your shalom. This is your purpose, to create little pockets of the kingdom of God by working for the welfare of others and in our community, in our culture, right? I don't know how this happened. Maybe it's just our tendency to be so self-absorbed that I feel like so much of, please forgive me if I'm being presumptive here, but my experience of Western Christianity has been so selfish. Just like, God, give me, you know, I want the blessing, the blessing for me. Yes, it's so good, right? And it is good. But we want to be a people of blessing. I've been talking about God's love and God bless, God's blessing, not as like something that's just getting poured into you, like a glass of water, where you're like, oh, this is so good. Thank you, God, that I get to enjoy this. But it's an ocean. You're thrown into an ocean of blessing, right? It is a kingdom. It is an environment. And everywhere we go, we want to bring this blessing. Right? So if you want to learn how to live in God's purposes, learn to bless people around you right now. I just want to be super clear. Um, I, I, I use all caps. I'm like the guy on the forum who's just like going overboard on the caps. I can't help it, guys. I just want, I just want this to be clear. I want you to walk away like, what, what did Pastor Steve say was God's purpose? God's purpose for you is to love and bless others with true freedom from outcomes. So we are so worried about what's going to happen. But living in the kingdom of God is this idea that God says, I have you. I know the plans I have for you, okay? And I'm telling you right now, in this context, he's saying 70 years. That may not be for you, right? That's just God's word for these people at this time, okay? So don't get it twisted, right? But at the same time, he's like, just trust that my plans are good. I got you. You don't need to worry how to get out of exile, I got you. It will happen in the right time. What I want you to worry about right now is just blessing people. Bless the city. Bless the people around you, right? Know my love and share that with other people. And don't worry about all this future stuff. I'm carrying that. 
And there is this wonderful freedom that we have as citizens of the kingdom of God. If you know that God has you, we don't need to live in fear anymore. We can live in this freedom to truly love. Those two things are opposed. They're different energies. So many of us, we are not free to love because we are so afraid all the time. We're not completely sure that God is good and he's holding us. And so we feel like we got to carve out that space on our own. But when we know that there is this ground beneath us and it is the kingdom of God, his reign, he's got you. Now you can be truly free. And so, friends, you know, just know that it's not going to last forever. Even the stuff that maybe seems like we can't understand it, right? He says, I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. So God is saying, hey, you know, I'm not just going to leave you in a place where you don't want to be forever, but there's a purpose for it. What is that purpose? I mean, for one, you know, it's not always completely clear why God does what he does, but I want to give you, like, kind of, like, the answer that I've heard a little bit, you know, in seminary classes and some of the things that, that I've just seen, you know, wh- when you look at scripture. Why did they have to stay there 70 extra years when they were just ready to go back, right? So one of the things, friends, um, I, I showed this, uh, if you can see, um, if you're watching, uh, listening to this on a podcast, um, there's just a little, like, green sprout, just a, a, a thing of vegetation in a desert in dry, dead land. And friends, um, I think that in this time of exile for Israel, God was preparing them. When they were on top of the world and they were, you know, the ones conquering other kingdoms, I think possibly, you know, they got a little arrogant. You know, they, they, they started to think like, hey, you know, we can do this. We don't need God. They started to drift from God. And what happens during this time is the people of Israel really turn back to God like never before. What a lot of scholars think is a majority of a lot of the beautiful poetry that you get in Scripture, a lot, a great portion of the, the, the Old Testament, um, the Hebrew Scripture, was written during this period. It was a really rich time where the people learned to come back to God, right? Now, would that have happened? If God just gave them what they wanted. Hey, just go back to the way life was before. Maybe this is what they needed. And there was so much blessing that came out of it. Friends, um, I I can't pretend to say, you know, why it is that you go through the things you do. You know, there was a time in my life, I've shared this before, I've been very honest about this. Um, I went through a time where I was going through these really debilitating um, panic attacks and uh, there were times where I'm like, this is just so painful. I, I, just, I, I, I just, I don't want to be alive anymore. It just hurts so much. And of course, there was a question in the back of my mind, like, God, why? I would pray, God, take this from me. God, take this from me. God, take this from me. And God, in his grace, you know, helped me to endure through that time. I mean, there were so many people in this church, too, who reached out to me and, and, and helped me and prayed for me and shared lots of rich scripture and songs, songs that I still listen to today. There were habits that I formed during that time. I was so desperate for God that I keep to this day. There were conversations that I had, and there was insight that I had into people's mental health journeys that I did not have before. I mean, it was just this weird thing. 
weird thing, weird thing. It wasn't weird. It was God's providence. But God was putting all of these people in my, in my life. During that time, this kind of three or four months where I was really struggling with this, I had more conversations, like frank, honest conversations about mental health than I've ever had. Right? And there were just people, people in LGM, people uh, that, that I just come to, sometimes just on the street, and we just start up conversations about mental health. And I would share some of the things that God was doing in my life, and they're like, oh, wait, what was that book? And they'd write it down, and, you know, like we were able to kind of help each other. You know? And so, friends, can I say for sure this was God who did it? No. But I can say this. God was good through it. It did not thwart the purposes of God. And friends, you will see so many people who look back on their lives, and it's like what I went through was so hard. I would not wish this on my worst enemy, but I also wouldn't trade it because I was able to see the goodness of God. And God has blessed me and worked in my life for my shalom, right, in a way that I've never seen before. So many saints, so many people have this witness. They believe that God is good. God's gifts are good. The life God is giving you is good. God's purposes are good. And we learn to look for it. We learn to look for God in it. We learn to wait upon God in it. We learn to cling to God more in it. And what you see more and more is you see the green springing up in that desert. You see dead things coming to life. You see the miracles of God. Amen? And you will see his glory in your life on this earth. Can I ask the praise team to come up? I don't know about you guys, but I want to praise God. <laughs> and, and can we just take a moment um, to just pray and just kind of sit with it for a second? You know, sometimes uh, when you are planting a seed, right, I mean, I, I'm not much of a, you know, I'm not a farmer. I'm not much of a gardener. But I imagine that when you pl place a seed in soil, you're not supposed to move it around a lot. You know, maybe it just needs to sit there. And, and you know, maybe uh, we get a little impatient and we want to pull the seed up. And friends, maybe, you know, what you heard today isn't necessarily what you wanted to hear. You're like, oh, man, I just need quicker results Pastor Steve, I, I just, I can't wait upon the Lord. I can't wait to get out of this exile. Friends, can you just take a moment? Just be honest with that. Like, you can tell God that. God, I'm, I'm getting impatient. I don't want to wait in exile anymore. But Lord, help me to believe where I cannot see that you are good in this circumstance right now. And I can live into your purposes right now. I can learn to be a blessing. And continually, I know I'll be blessed more through that. And I know I'm going to understand more of your heart. I know I'm going to be a little less self-centered and less myopic and less just so focused on, you know, the nose in front of my face. And I'm going to be able to see the beautiful forest from the trees. I'm going to be able to see the beautiful things that you're laying out in front of me, God. I want to see that, Lord. I want your purposes, God. I want to see your beauty in the ashes. I want to see the oasis in the desert. God, I want to see new life coming from dead things. Can we just say that in faith? You know, if you can align your heart with that and just speak that out and say, God, I want what you have for me. 
Lord, will you give it to us, God? Help us to seek you with our whole hearts and to understand that what you have for us is so much better than what we can have on our own. Lord, thank you for your good purposes in our life. For any of us who are waiting on that goodness, Lord, help us, God, to get a sense of it, to get a sneak preview of it, to get a taste of it, Lord, and to know that what makes the waiting uh, bearable, God, is your presence with us, that you are reigning here and now. We don't have to wait to experience you, God. We thank you for that. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.